I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is the one and only Bench List. What I mostly spent my time doing is sitting there going, oh my gosh, is that me? Because I'm... (laughs) I'm a little bit of a control freak. Uh, are you, Gavin? Are you? Gavin, really? I don't want to go camping with you then. I, but I was going to ask Matt, I said, Matt, do you like penis? I mean, how do you, how do you talk about this show? Because, you know, do you like Pen 1-5, Matt? Yeah. Yes, yes. There was a lot of agony that went into us deciding how to announce this show. If this is your kind of thing, if you like grim, gritty psychological thrillers and police procedurals and sort of psychological torment this is for you yeah it's not exactly a happy night on the couch is it and 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 when i just said i would binge the you know previous series one day i wouldn't do it all at once welcome back to binge list your weekly podcast covering all the very best new shows on tv i'm your host matthew denby and joining me in the studio are who magazine's tv experts gavin scott and ali cromedy welcome back guys hi everyone hello this week we've got gritty british crime in the season five return of luther something a lot lighter with lena dunham's new series camping and high school comedy with pen15 or is that <laughs> penis gavin's talking to ryan eggold from new amsterdam and this week's hidden gem is the highly controversial Patriot Act with Hassan Minaj. New comedy series Camping is now available on Fox Showcase, based on the British series of the same name. This version has Lena Dunham's fingerprints all over it, so be warned, and has had a very mixed critical reception in the US. It follows a group of friends, relatives and strangers stuck together at a campground for the birthday of 45-year-old Walt, played by David Tennant. His neurotic wife Catherine, played by Jennifer Garner, is the centre of a lot of the drama, and Juliette Lewis as Jandis blatantly reprises her recent role of blue from the Connors. What did you think of it, Ali? Um, look, I love uh, girls. I was a huge fan of girls um, and I love usually what Lena Dunham does. Um, but this, I didn't, I just don't understand. Like I was not, didn't feel excited. I didn't feel think it was funny. Um, I just thought it was kind of boring and like I'd seen a lot of the, t- like the neurotic um, Jennifer Garner character, like that's not new or original in my opinion. I don't know. I just... Yeah, kind of missed the boat. This I felt like this one missed the boat for me. <laughs> yeah, I, I would agree. I didn't laugh once, I don't yeah. think. Um, yeah, it's just not very funny. And uh, I, I would agree with, with, with the Jennifer Garner comment. We have kind of seen her do that kind of uptight role a bit before. Mm. But what I mostly spent my time doing is sitting there going, oh, my gosh, is that me? Because <laughs> I'm... I'm a little bit of a control freak. Uh-oh. Are you, Gavin? Are you? Gavin, really? I don't want to go camping with you then. I'm like, oh, I don't go camping. <laughs> no, neither do I actually. Too, too so much, yeah. we're, we agree. That's fine. Too, too much that you can't control out, out in the great outdoors. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's what I, I spent my time doing. Oh my gosh, am I this person? Am I the person? All the friends like, oh, Gavin's going to organise it. It's going to be a nightmare. Blah, blah. So um, yeah, that's what I spent my time doing. Uh, Matt, oh what, what was your takeaway from camping? <laughs> Look, I, I enjoyed it to begin with. And then the Catherine character started to become too 
dominating and two one note. And I thought, oh, God, is it going to be this the whole way through? Yes, there were some funny observations in there about, you know, the controlling mum who lives their life through Instagram and can't deal with any level of threat or anything outside of her control, which begs the question why she'd ever agree to go camping. But then when uh, the other guests at the birthday start to turn up, it did start to get a bit more diverse and a bit more fun. I did really, really like Julia Lewis as Jandice. I thought that she was really funny. And yes, it was a rehash of her annoying hippie character from the Connors, but I still loved it because it went a lot further than anything in the Connors ever could. I mean, she does a full frontal nude scene in this, for God's sake. <laughs> I, I was a bit disappointed because I normally love Jennifer Garner. Um, yeah, and- I really wanted this for her. I wanted this to be, you know... P- Post, you know, Ben Affleck divorce. I just wanted, I wanted to ha- her to have a win. <laughs> well, yeah, and because she was in that film Peppermint, which got yeah. panned by the critics, so she ha- she hasn't had much luck no. lately. But I went back and watched the UK version because I, I thought, why have they remade this? Mm, and yeah. so, so I, I did some research, and it's actually online. Um, you can just Google it. It's on Daily Motion, which is where I watched it. Um, and. The uh, the same character, the Jennifer Garner character in the British version is way worse. She's mm. really, like, shockingly objectionable. You watch mm. it and you laugh because you're like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe she just said that. I can't believe she just did that. She makes her son wear this kind of astronaut helmet fishbowl <laughs> thing over his head. Like, he can't go out into Like a the, bubble boy. Yeah, like a bubble boy. <laughs> and, and, you know, they pull up at the car and then she just says to her husband, oh, take take the bags down there, thanks. And oh, right. it's really dismissive. Mm. She's a really horrible, vile woman. Mm. And I can see why that... That show maybe did quite well mm. because um, because it, it was funny Pushed because it to the next level. yeah there's that like <gasps> shockingly funny kind of thing whereas the Jennifer Garner character was just a little bit tamer and a little bit less of mm. anything really really that's so hard to imagine I haven't seen the original because her character is so full on and so caricatured in this mm. current version she's just completely neurotic mm. completely smothering it's hard to believe that could be ramped up could to another worse. level. I think it's just a weird decision for Lena and her partner on Girls, Jenny Connor, who's her partner on this show too, for this to be the next thing they did. I just don't understand it. And like a remake as well, like when Girls was original, um, really strange decision. But I feel, I think, and I might not be right, but I think this is Jenny and and Lena have then since split. Like they're not working together anymore. So look, I mean, this that kind of says it all, really. Camping destroyed it for yeah. them. I, I wasn't a huge girls fan, um, and and I'm not. Um, I, don't, I don't mind uh, Lena, 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 Lena. Yeah, I think and, they're both right. I, yeah. Oh right, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she's chill. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't I don't mind her kind of as a you know I like her online on social yeah. media. She yeah. she often has a lot to say and mm. kind of is controversial and all that kind of stuff, mm. but. Yeah, there's nothing controversial about this at no. all, really, other than, yeah, Jennifer Garner being a little bit neurotic. Yeah. And, and that sex scene in the shop fitting room. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that was entertaining. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> if camping sounds like something you want to try out, check out the show. It's now available on Fox Showcase. Binge List, brought to you by Who Magazine. Now for something a lot darker. Season 5 of hit drama Luther has now begun on BBC First, starring Idris Elba as DCI John Luther. This latest chapter of the gritty police thriller is as dark as ever, with our hero confronted by a series of horrific killings, and he has to confront himself as well. What did you think of it, Gavin? You know, I really like this, and I've never really watched Luther before. I've tried and never been able to get into it. I haven't really understood what all the fuss is about, to be honest. But I did really like this, and it almost feels like it's been designed to welcome new viewers to the show because – 
it, it, it kind of feels like it's a standalone case. And yes, there are callbacks to previous seasons with uh, that gangster George guy and uh, Ruth Wilson. Spoiler mm. alert: Ruth Wilson is back mm. um, as Alice, who is is Luther's kind of. I don't know, uh, sidekick slash love interest. weird relationship. Yes, messed up. Um, So she's back and and how is she back, why is she back? That's, you know, some of the questions that they pose. Well, she left the affair, right? Well, yeah. (laughs) That's why. (laughs) Needs work. Um, So that's, uh, yeah, so so I I felt like it it welcomed me in as a new viewer who didn't really know the ins and outs of it all because it's um, this crime, this this freaky serial killer who's sneaking around killing people um, is what's going to hook you in if you're into that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, Ali, you've Mm. you've watched some of the earlier scenes of Luca, didn't you? Yeah, so I... I have watched maybe half of season one before um, and I feel like it's a. I, I will get the time and sit down and binge the whole series because I loved what I saw but there's just so much TV out there so it yes. was hard to sort of – and my boyfriend wasn't as keen to keep watching so I stopped and we watched something else as you do. Um, but Idris, I just – I am the biggest fan of him. Um, I also wonder because his profile has is just on the up and up and up, on the rise, I wonder if they have made season five – a st- like you know, you could just enter it at any time, from like and not have to go back and watch the first four seasons because of his profile. Because more eyeballs are going to be on him. I wonder if that's a reason. I, th- I think so. And because season four was only two episodes, it was basically oh. just like a telly movie or mm. a miniseries or, right. or something. And and this is four episodes, mm. so it it does feel like they're and I think they're they're moving towards a movie. Yeah, they're just orchestrating well. it around him being super famous now. Yeah, so <laughs> I kind of feel like yeah, they grab him when they can. Mm. They make as many episodes as they can mm. when they can. Kind of in thing. between, yeah. Um, but I guess someone is looking at the longevity of this and thinking, mm. yeah, we want people to kind of come in yeah. at any point and, and want to stick with it. Yeah, and not um, be overwhelmed by the mini series pr- prior. Yeah, and you don't really yeah. need to know anything about yeah. them. Even when Ruth Wilson does turn up, you don't really need to know who she is because mm. you pick it up yeah. pretty quickly. Um, Matt, what's your background with Luther? Mm. Look, I've dipped in and out down through the years. It's not really my favourite genre. I don't love this sort of thing. But I think, yes, it is expertly done. It's just so on point for this genre if you're into that kind of thing. Now, may I read you some of the notes I made while I was watching uh, this episode? <laughs> Please. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Grim. <laughs> Death, subdued lighting, flies, darkness, psychological torment. Right. <laughs> Those were my, uh, my, my my main impressions while watching this season of Luther. I do think Idris Elba is fantastic. He's got the charisma of a movie star. It's yeah. great. James can, Bond. Yes, I'd love to see him as James, James Bond. Bond. Yeah, it would be awesome. <laughs> um, I think fans of this show are going to really love it. And like you say, it does have some great elements for entering cold if you've never seen it before. So, yes, if this is your kind of thing, if you like grim, gritty psychological thrillers mm. and police procedurals and sort of psychological torment this mm. is for you yeah it's not exactly a happy night on the couch mm. is it no. and, and and when i just said i would binge the you know previous series one day i wouldn't do it all at once because i think that's what went wrong when i first started watching the first season i tried to watch you know seven in a row and it was just a little bit like okay i need a break i need to watch something light so yeah bear that in mind because <laughs> in this one like the the serial killer gets around with this weird i don't, I don't want to give too much away mm. but um gets around with this kind of thing that obscures his face that makes it look like a mask but also kind of high-vis lighting or something Mm. and he just looks 
completely terrifying. freaky. And there's a scene on a bus mm. where if you've seen it already, you'll know what I'm talking about, where, where he gets one of his victims on a bus and it, uh, you'll never catch a double well. Not that we really have double-decker buses yeah. in, in Australia that much, but, yeah, you'd never go on a double-decker bus up the top on your own <laughs> after watching this scene. I think London public transport is terrifying enough <laughs> as it is. I, I don't think I need a, any additional reason not to get on. Yeah, at night, for sure. Yeah. But that was – I mean, how freaky was that scene, Matt? Very freaky, very mm. freaky, yes. Like I said, it does have some good chills to it. So if you are keen to check out Luther, see Season 5. It's now available on BBC first. Hello, this is Evie. Oh, no, no we should no, do it. We first. should do it, yeah. yeah. Hi, this is Angie. And Evie from Gogglebox. And, and you are listening to Binge List. We've got more new funnies now with high school comedy PEN15, which all kids know actually spells penis, debuting on stand from February 10. This one is executive produced by The Lonely Island, which is Andy Samberg's comedy group, written and starring Maya Erskine and Anna Conkle, who, if you didn't know, are grown women. The gimmick here is they play their own 13-year-old selves back in the year 2000, surrounded by actual 13-year-old actors, as they recount the horrors and awkwardness of adolescence and early high school life. What did you think of it, Ali? I absolutely loved it. I'm obsessed with this show. Um, I think it's spot on. Um, Not exactly mirroring my experience, um, but I can imagine that other people have experienced high school in this way. Um, It was just so perfect, like down to the clips in their hair and, you know, their their hairstyle and the clothing and the music and every little detail has been thought out and uh, I think absolutely nailed, especially for the year 2000 and that that time period. Um, and I, I was shocked when I did some research after watching the first episode and the second episode that the main actresses are the 13-year-olds, but they're 31 in real life. That's They're looking pretty good for, for 31. I, I mean, yeah. Oh, what did you think, Gavin? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. I had no idea when I was watching it either yeah. how old they were. I thought, Shocking. oh, yeah, they're maybe like 17 or 18 yeah. because they do convincingly look like teenagers. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know. But, no. yeah, well, one of them more than the other, <laughs> might I say. But I guess mm. braces and, and no makeup and, and uh, greasy hair greasy and hair <laughs> can do a lot to age people down. And dorky clothes. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I was um, very impressed at their ability to channel that 13-year-old-ness mm. um, from, you know, the way they stand yeah. and... And, and, you know, that kind of awkwardness and mm. not really comfortable in their own body yet and, and mm. that kind of thing. I guess that the fact that they are surrounded by kids who yeah. are actually 13 helps because, you know, we were, we've all seen teen dramas and yeah. regular listeners of this podcast will know I, it doesn't take me much to watch a teen <laughs> drama. They're so good. Except for Riverdale. Um, <laughs> but, you know, most teen dramas we have 35-year-old actors True. playing 17 and 18 year olds and, yeah. and you know like the Blairs from Gossip Girl mm. and um, people like that are also mm. cool and sophisticated. Mm. These are really gawky proper mm. uncool daggy teenagers mm. um, and, and I really like that yeah. about it and yeah the soundtrack is awesome. Mandy Moore yeah. and NSYNC yeah, can't in go that wrong. first episode. Can't go wrong with that. Yeah. And in the opening scenes the sound of a dial up modem interrupting the teenage yeah. phone call. Yeah, it's just that was, perfect. That was and awesome. their phones, their, pic- their, oh, their phones beside the bed, perfect. <laughs> But I was going to ask Matt, I was like, Matt, do you like penis? I mean, how do, you, how do you talk about this show? Because, you know, do you like Pen 1-5, Matt? Yeah. Yes, yes. There was a lot of agony that went into us deciding how to announce this show because nobody has actually publicly pronounced the title yet. Mm. We're probably the first in the whole world. Yeah. Yes, look, I really enjoyed it. I thought the gimmick of having the adult women playing 13-year-olds was great. It was mm. so, so good. I was actually thinking if you didn't have that gimmick mm. – 
and it was 13-year-olds playing this. Mm. It wouldn't be funny at all. It would be a horror show. Mm. It would be um, not remotely amusing. It would be um, really disturbing. Some of the things that these girls go through, like, you know, when one of them is branded the ugliest girl in oh, school. I know. Mm. So sad. Um, I remember ex- that exact thing mm. playing out when in my year when I was 13 years old. Mm. So kids are just completely vile and they haven't changed in all that time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so um, it, it adds a certain lev- levity to situations that aren't particularly funny, but it's really, really enjoyable. And I love the way that the bullying situation resolves in the first episode. Really, mm. really clever. So good. I was thinking before I knew they were 31, I was like, God, they've found some great 13-year-old actresses. (laughs) Good on them. What a brilliant casting. They've obviously just gone into a high school, plucked them out of there. Um, But it also reminded me, I don't know if you guys have seen Eighth Grade, the movie. No, I haven't. Yeah, so that's um, actually played by uh, a girl who's, I guess, 14 or 15. So she she is that age in real life. Um, And it's as similarly awkward and cringe and um, bang on with references and, you know, it's more a modern day version of that. She's in eighth grade and she's living in, I guess, 2018 or whenever it was made. Um, But it's a lot more um, sad as well because she – anyway, but I drew parallels between those two and I I, I, I think they just tapped into something so – Bang on, like I, f- yeah. I feel like this has got a lot of legs, or this yeah. has legs. Yeah. <laughs> um, this show because they could, you know, the second episode is all is all about a cigarette and yes. smoking, and, and you know they can they can just pick up tiny little details yeah. of, of adolescence and high school life and go right. Today's episode is going to be about lockers. Yeah, and so it could <laughs> just go on and on and on where you know there yeah. could be the dance yeah. episode, the uh, exam episode, that kind of thing. You know, I there's love, so much scope. Yeah, I love shows where you. You can you just have the freedom to explore one tiny thing. You don't need to go. This is the theme, and it, like you know, you can really go minute um, detail because that's where um, it is so interesting. Because that's and that's where people relate. Because I don't know. I just think specific things are more interesting than bigger sometimes. Oh, yeah. yeah, and people are going, oh, I remember having that yep. type of outfit or toy or, yep. or you know item of stationery or, yeah. or whatever all the yeah. stuff they've yeah. got. Yeah. Yeah, and they're enormously sympathetic, sympathetic yeah. uh, figures as well, these two girls. But my sympathy only stretched so far. Like when you were 13, would you have allowed your mother to cut your hair? Definitely not. Oh, no. Oh my gosh, the bowl cut. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Any haircuts yeah. were my fault and my like my own fault, not my mum's. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they're not the cool kids, are they? They're, no. They're, they're so you know. clueless. But she didn't want her to do it. She was petrified. Oh. She knew what was going to happen and look what happened. And then Disaster. she still looked in the mirror and was convinced when they told her it looked good and then she believed them. It was just, She's so easily led astray. Mm. They're so insecure. Yeah. and it's and, painful. And they're, they're, the, they're the underdogs and yeah. I guess we all love an underdog story mm. and, and, you know, it is a nice change from the Riverdales and the Gossip yeah. Girls and all that kind well, of thing. True. Where they're all such drop-dead gorgeous model-like. Trying to save crime and like yeah. <laughs> yeah. solve, you know, adult, big adult problems when this is just, yeah. Yep, yep. And one of the things I learned from sort of uh, connecting with some of the people I went to high school with was that it, basically everyone remembers themselves as being an underdog, whether mm. they were or they weren't. Mm. So I think there's going to be a big audience for this one. Yeah. So do check out PEN15 or Penis. Penis. It's available from February 10 on Stan. Binge it's interview list. time. This week, Gavin, you spoke to Ryan Eggold from medical drama New Amsterdam. That show is now available on Nine. What was he like to talk to? 
Yeah, he was really good, really interesting to talk to, had a lot to say about this show, which isn't your typical medical drama. You think medical drama and you go, oh, here we go again. There's been so many on TV. And he actually told me that he thought the same thing when it was offered to him. He thought, oh, medical drama. I mean, fair enough. (laughs) Yes. Um, But this is a little bit different. It takes a look at um, kind of the running a hospital and, and the challenges in, you know, America at the moment where healthcare is kind of under siege and that kind of stuff. Um, You know, it's not completely dry. It it is quite fun as Mm. well. Um, But Ryan obviously recently appeared on The Blacklist for five years. So it was quite a change for him going from that kind of spy thriller world into this you know, noble doctor trying mm. to save the world kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he was, he was a really good chat. So let's have a listen to what he had to say. Hi, Ryan. Welcome to Binge List. Thank you for, uh, for having me, man. So New Amsterdam has a lot to say about healthcare, which is a huge issue in the US at the moment, right? Healthcare is obviously so related to economic status and, and uh, uh, gun control and nutrition and so many other issues. Healthcare isn't just about what kind of insurance do you have or something. It's about it's about policy and it's about the world. It's it's about you know so many things that that make up um, the reasons that we end up needing to go to the hospital and these things. And we've made it too much too much of a business, a, a big business in this country. Um, and it's you know scary when you monetize people's health and safety. So does it feel like the perfect time for a show like New Amsterdam because of what's going on in real life in America? It does, absolutely. And that's why David Scholler says he wanted to write this show because everybody was talking about healthcare. Everybody was at home at the dinner table having these conversations and he wanted to write about um, what, what what mattered to us in this moment. And um, and also, like like we you know, were just saying a moment ago, healthcare is so related to so many other issues um, that are very topical. Um, so it seemed like the right time to do it as the country was sort of trying to make strides to catch up with the rest of the world and get more universal health care going um, uh, for, for everybody. And Is it a tricky balance to have the show say something but still make it entertaining and not dry and boring? Yeah, I think so. I think mean, you kind of hit the nail on the head in the sense that that's, uh, that is the balancing act that we have to do is because <clears throat> you don't want it to become, you know, overly uh, preachy in one direction or the other or too didactic or too, uh, you know, anything like that. You, you, you want to keep the show entertaining, but at the same time, we've all, I think, uh, matured as audience members, I mean, collectively, and that we all can and want to handle material that is insightful and thoughtful and about real things that are happening in our lives. And and so, yeah, I mean, the goal is, and that, that's what makes a great writer, and that's what our writers do so well, is that you have these interesting conversations about uh, healthcare or about death or about cancer or about um, uh, pregnancy or about about um, uh, 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 mental instability in a child. I mean, there are these things that are really heavy and hard to deal with, but they do it in a way that makes it uh, uh, not only engaging but um, accessible. You know, a way that and and hopefully with some humor here and there and 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 all that. So, you know, it's yes, it's 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 totally a balancing act, as you said, and and I, I you know credit the writers with doing. Um, an incredible job of having some sort of really difficult conversations in a way that is still uh, really enjoyable to watch. 
So being a medical drama, you kind of expect the doctors are going to be hooking up left, right and centre, but Max is married. So is it nice to defy expectations a little bit? I hope we won't really descend into too soapy of a world where it's about relationships or who is sleeping with who or anything like that. Um, but of course, in anybody's workplace uh, or life, there are you have relationships with people and they change. And so, yeah, they will. Um, don't, don't don't. There's definitely some some entanglements and and things. It's but you know what's nice too is more than like two people sneaking off into a closet to make out or something is that people will have these great relationships, have these great conversations where they can share, maybe share something with the character uh, that they couldn't with another. And so there's a kind of intimacy there by sharing the truth, for instance. And Max also has a bit of a secret um, and is dealing with something besides the difficulties of running a hospital. What impact will that have? Yeah, well, it's, you know, Eric <coughs> Manheimer, who wrote the book that, that the series is based on, he became a, a, a patient while he was a doctor and he became somebody who needed to receive care uh, while he was trying to provide it. And that duality is really interesting to explore, and particularly with Max, who's now a fictional character that we've based on Eric, you know, is I think in many ways afraid of being vulnerable and it's very comfortable being in control and in charge and being the leader and uh, making decisions and doing all those things, but it's not comfortable letting go or letting somebody else care for him or letting somebody else tell him what to do or letting someone else tell him to rest. I don't think he's a character who's comfortable uh, not juggling 20 things at once and just sitting still is hard for him and things like that. And that he's going to have to learn some things and, and deal with that uh, and, and deal with something uh, that's coming on the show that will change his perspective on life. So that was Ryan. And, uh, yeah, I watched the first episode of uh, New Amsterdam, and I, I quite liked it. It is different for a hospital show. Mm. Ali, you watched it too, didn't you? Yeah. I um, I mean, yeah, I was a bit like, oh, another, <laughs> you know, medical drama. How are they going to make it different? It's such a saturated market. Um, I feel like they've tried and done everything at this stage. But um, I thought Ryan's character had a new energy and like brought something he you know he's obviously switching things up and he's changing everything and he's you know sucking I, department yeah in yeah and just like you're, you're fired. all fired and um and then somebody was like well you know you can't how how are you expecting to just help people like it's obviously the way we i don't know anything about a hospital and the inner workings really but you just think that they're to help everybody but yeah it's obviously just a big business and it's pretty cold-hearted at the end of the day. Nobody really, you know, that you think they're all there to help and care, but it's not really the case sometimes. So, um, and then he said, "Yeah, you really think we're here to help people?" And he's like, "Let's just do it till we get away with, till we can get away with it, or yeah. till they, till they tell us to stop." Um, so I liked that, and I think the fact that um, obviously I think there's some health concerns for his character. Um, I yeah. I think that's going to add an interesting element. Um, and then his personal life on top of that as well seems interesting with his wife or, you know, whatever's going on there. Yeah. So I was intrigued um, and I, I will see how I go and I'll hopefully keep watching. I think there's a lot there. It's interesting. I guess the only uh, problem is if um, Max becomes too, like, holier than thou yeah. and too perfect. Yeah. And, you know, he, he was this noble kind of knight in shining armour mm. storming into the hospital yeah. to save the day yeah. and change the world and that kind of thing. And that could become a little bit boring mm. after a while. So yeah. hopefully, hopefully there's more depth. Hopefully he messes up a bit. Okay, sounds like a good one. If you're keen, New Amsterdam is now screening on Nine. 
The hidden gems are often the best. And Gavin, you've been watching Patriot Act with Hassan Minaj. This one's really been in the headlines a lot. Tell us all about it. I have been. I thought I would educate myself this week because Matt was horrified. I had never heard of Black Dahlia when we were talking about I Am The Night. Yes, I was horrified. Um, yeah, I don't watch that much news and current affairs. So I thought I'd, I'd check this one out. And there are a ton of these current affairs meets comedy shows around. And Patriot Act with Hassan Minaj has quickly made a name for itself in, in a pretty crowded market. I'm talking things like Trevor Noah and Samantha Bee and Rachel Maddow and all those shows. Um, so Hassan is very upbeat, very bouncy, uh, really likeable guy, but he does not hold back. In fact, he really goes there sometimes, letting rip into people and, and you know getting stuck into issues, drops quite a few F-bombs uh, as, as he talks about things like uh, the immigration policy in the US was one episode, uh, Facebook and free speech and all the issues Facebook is having with, you know, Ruining elections and that kind of stuff. Yes. Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia was another episode, and that uh, that episode, and, and this is where the controversy comes in, uh, was actually pulled from Netflix in Saudi Arabia. <gasps> oh yeah. Because that, shame. That episode <laughs> delved into the murder of uh, Jamal Khashoggi. Yes. That the um, journalist. The yeah. journalist and yeah, the Saudi Arabia government had an issue with that episode airing in. Oh, I Saudi bet they Arabia. did. They bloody did. <laughs> and um, and so that yeah that that. It was a little bit controversial there. Um, so I think there's been about seven episodes so far and he's coming back with Volume 2 from February 10. Mm. But, yeah, it, it's part opinion, part jokes, part information. It's a really good mix. There was one bit I was watching, he was comparing different departments of the US government to the Franco brothers, James Franco and Dave Franco. He was saying, <laughs> well, this, this um, agency is a bit like James Franco, a bit out there. Oh, and, but, but you so know. Funny. The more famous, and this one's a bit like Dave, who's kind of mm. a bit more reliable. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought that, that was kind of funny approach, and that's kind of his shtick. He, he kind of makes it relatable to people who maybe don't watch this kind of stuff, people like me. Mm. Uh, and he's a stand-up. He has a Peabody Award for his Netflix special Homecoming King, mm. and he's previously appeared on The Daily Show. And, yeah, he's, he's really slick um, and very good at holding my attention mm. as, let's face it, I don't always have the – Longest and <laughs> uh, attention span. Yeah. But do either of you guys get into this kind of stuff? Yeah, I don't mind a bit every now and then. Yes, mm. I watch a lot of straight news, so I don't really have a huge gap in my uh, in my day to watch more news tinged with comedy. To be honest with you, because <laughs> yeah. um, I like you know a bit of drama and a bit of comedy as well. So, but yes, when I do watch it, I do enjoy it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm, it's not really my type of thing, but um, when I'm at home, my parents love this kind of stuff and I sit and watch it with them and it's enjoyable. But um, didn't he also host like the something Trump's... The White House Correspondents yeah, Dinner, yeah. and he really caused a stir. So I like that about him. I think he's definitely would be interesting to watch. Yeah, yeah, he, he seems really fun yeah. and, and, and knowledgeable as well, which yeah. is good. Yep. Mm. yep, so if you can, check it out on Netflix. Right, that's it for this week's Binge List. Do make sure you are subscribed on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and you can hear us via all good podcast apps. Join us next week when we're talking about Dirty John, Miracle Workers and Lorena. What a lineup! Can't wait for them. Yeah. Oh, my God, so excited. Do feel free to contact us about the show via social media. I'm on Twitter at Mr. Matt Denby. Gavin's there also as GavinScott99. And you can reach Ali on Instagram at AliCromedy. Until next week, happy viewing. Bye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.